Today, our lectionary passage brings us to the parable where Jesus spoke about one of the distinctive emphases of Methodist teaching. That is, all can be saved to the uttermost. The teaching that everyone is open, the kingdom of God is open to everyone to come and to participate. For his listeners, the Jewish community, the twist and turns in this passage or parable that Alice read for us this morning uh, would have been a bit difficult for them to take in. It might be so for some of us today. But two years ago, my wife and I flew into London from a busy trip, too tired to drive up to Hull in Yorkshire. We checked into a B&B to rest and then drive up to Hull the following day. Knowing that we were in London, our daughter booked a table for us to go have a nice meal in a posh restaurant down here in London. So we turned up in our nice African colorful attire, looking smart, and shortly on arrival at this restaurant, a gentleman came up to me and said, excuse me, sir, you won't be able to access the dining area because you will need a jacket. I said, what? I was so looking forward to this, confused and uh, a bit worried about what was going on. The gentleman said to me, don't worry, sir, we have got some jackets here and you can use one of them. So he took me into this cloakroom, and in there, there were dozens of jackets to fit all sizes. And I emerged in a nice jacket looking very smart. And we had a lovely evening and a lovely meal. The jacket saved the day. Perhaps you have your own experience about dress codes issues in public areas. But we all know today in our society that in some areas, if you go there, you turn up without a mask on, you won't be allowed in. And if you sneak in without wearing your mask and you're caught, you'll be asked to put on your mask. And if you don't, they will cast you out or throw you out or ask you to leave. Well, this experience is similar to what's happened to the gentleman in our story today. He didn't have his jacket on. He didn't have his mask on. He didn't have his wedding robe on when the king came out to greet all the wedding guests at the banquet. It was common practice in the days of Jesus for kings to dress their wedding or dinner guests with fine robes so they look smart. So we're not quite sure why he wasn't wearing his own wedding robe. But what we know is that when he was asked about his robe, he was speechless. Perhaps he rejected the offer of the king's garment, so he was thrown out of the party. Surely there is more going on here than just a dress code violation. But mind you, this was a parable. A parable is a story, a relevant story, used to illustrate a fine spiritual lesson. So perhaps Jesus included this story twisted parts in the parable to awaken and to shake up his listeners and us to the reality that the kingdom of heaven is not business as usual according to our own standards, but according to his standards of grace and salvation, that whosoever believes, whosoever accepts the offer of salvation will not perish, 
will have everlasting life and will not be thrown out. Just as the king would have provided a wedding garment for his guests, so God provides a costly salvation for everyone free of charge. Our wedding garment is the righteousness of Christ, which is the mark of our identity, and we all need that to participate in God's kingdom. The parable is about God's invitation to come and participate. It affirms the boundless generosity and over-generous inclusive grace of God, but it also affirms that we are to be worthy. To be worthy in this context is to come. To be worthy is to be present in his presence. But there is more to this than just to turn up. To come and to participate is to make God the priority in our lives. To stretch out our arms open to say, Dress us, Lord, with your garment of righteousness, love, and salvation. So we will all be able to participate in his kingdom. Jesus went on to say in this parable that the invited guest to the king's banquet for his son would not come. They were too busy, too busy with their farms, too busy with their businesses. They were convinced that they had more important places to be. They were convinced that they had more important things to do. There is something here for us to pick up on. Too often ourselves, we get so busy with life that we find it difficult. At times we struggle to find the time to respond to the king's invitation and the king's call. They rejected the king and the king's offer to come and participate in his kingdom. Like the king here in this parable, today millions of people around the world are Today, millions of people around the world suffer the pain of rejection. You extend a hand of fellowship. You extend a hand of love. You extend a hand of invitation to people to come. And what they do, they throw it back at your face. They reject you. It's painful. It's tough. But you are not alone. You are not alone because the God we adore was rejected. He knows all about the pain of rejection. We can come to him with our pain and our stories in prayer because he knows all about it. It was Mark Amen who once said that rejection does not mean you are not good enough, but it simply means that the other person has failed to notice what you have to offer. In one of our Bible study recently, there was a question asked in this Bible study. We were talking about love in this Bible study. And someone asked and said, but Lansford, Lansford, what do you do when you extend a hand of love, of friendship and fellowship to people and they ignore you, they reject you and they throw it back at your face? What do you do? Well, at that Bible study, we managed to throw some light on that question. But I would do what the king did in this parable. He made himself vulnerable. His love will not let those people go. He sent out an open invitation, an invitation that whosoever will may come. Notice the words used here in Matthew chapter 22, verse 8 to 10. He said, the wedding banquet is ready. 
So go to the main streets and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. We're all in, brothers and sisters. The invitation has come to the main street. God never gives up on us, even though we reject him. His love will not let us go. In his palace, all are welcome. God is doing a new thing, a new thing that involves all of us. In this new thing, the invitation has come to those on the main street, the buyers, the sellers, the beggars, the givers, the rich, the poor, the young, the elderly, black, white, brown, Jew, Gentile, male, female, the unnoticed, the unloved, the unmissed, the riffraffs. He said, go and bring them all in. Here we see that as servants of God and as Christians, we are not called to be bouncers to prevent people we consider to be bad from coming to God. Rather, we are called to go and call others to come and participate in God's kingdom. We are all from the main street. We are all on the main street. We are all the good and we are all the bad because we all fall short of the glory of God according to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. In our self-righteousness, we cannot impress God. We cannot please God. But we are worthy. We are worthy because we have come. We are worthy because we come just the way we are. In our sweaty clothes of pain, of rejection and hurt. In our torn clothes of stress and depression, mental and physical health problems. In our shabby clothes of trials and tribulations. We are worthy because we have come. Today, this same invitation it's extended to everyone. The table is ready. The psalmist in Psalm 23 tells us that a table has been prepared for us. Would you come? Would you come and participate in whatever way you can? Come just the way we are, knowing that in his kingdom there are fine robes of love, of joy, righteousness, salvation, and peace for each and every one of us, so we can all look smart. We can all look like Christ. We can all be Christ-like. Whatever category we belong, we are all loved, and we are all welcome. Amen.